The following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production. You can find this and many other great R.E.D. Podcast Network shows at redpodcastnetwork.com, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your ears. Welcome to Episode 2 of the 11pm Somewhere Podcast. My name is Zine. Thanks once again for joining us and checking out the show. What a week it's been since we launched last week. I want to say, first off, a huge thanks to everyone who's followed on Twitter. Almost 100 people following the show on Twitter now. That is amazing. It's incredible. Uh, and, you know, I just couldn't have asked for a better start to this podcast. Especially because, as you can hear, I am amped to be talking about the Amber Nectar, the Pale Ale, and all the rest of the good stuff that goes into our pint glasses. None of your fizzy piss here on this show. I also want to say a huge thanks to the 150 odd people who seem to have downloaded the podcast since it went live as well. Again, completely unexpected. This isn't my first attempt at doing a podcast. I've launched a number of these. I've failed at a number of these. And this one has gotten off to the best start of all the podcasts that I've done. So you know what guys? Thank you very, very, very much indeed for that. It is hugely appreciative. You know what? I've had some great conversations on Twitter with people from the Irish craft beer community. I've had some good jibes. I've met one or two great folks as well already. And you know what? I'm really looking forward to getting deeper into this community, meeting the people, hearing their stories, hopefully being able to share their stories on this podcast. And you know what? Give a voice to people in the community as well so everyone around the world can actually hear it. Because you know, while there's a great community on sites like Bior.org, and out there, like in terms of uh, like boards.e and a couple other places where people tend to gather, uh, especially on Twitter as well, huge community on Twitter. There is no substitute for people being able to sort of hear what people have to say in their cars around the world, and podcasts just provide the perfect platform for that. It means you don't have to sit there and watch it, you can do it while you're in the car, taking the dog for the walk, doing the dishes, walking to or from. Uh, taking the kids to school or in the car on the way to the off license to go and pick up your next batch of craft beers to try out so you know what perfect platform and I'm really looking forward and I hope some of you guys will be interested in coming on sharing some of your stories especially the Irish brewers I really want to get in there and especially Irish based Irish brewers as opposed to Irish brands who brew abroad like, I want to talk to people. I want to hear their stories. So if you want, hit me up on Twitter. Drop me an email, me at ianbergen.com. I'm going to try and be active a bit more on Bior.org. I only set up my membership earlier today. Thanks, guys, for uh, having me on board. I want to say thanks to Wayne as well, who's the Midlands rep- one of the Midlands representatives for the site, uh, who recommended uh, when I met him earlier today after picking me up a pair of sweet Brewdog glasses um, to go and join. So... I'm really looking forward to this. So, what I wanted to do for this episode, basically, was I wanted to pick up on one topic that I touched on in the opening episode, and that was the thing of pairing beers with food. Now, it's very easy for me to turn around and say, well, you know what, last week, Ian, you talked about pairing wines with food, and that gets all kind of arty-farty, and it gets all a bit pompous and everything else, and, you know, I'd like to know what beer goes in my filet mignon. Fuck that. We're not going into it. I want to do is, I want to show that beer is enjoyable. And I want people to enjoy it with everyday foods. I don't want people to think that craft beer is just something you get to enjoy 
in a really snobby and horrible way. I want to show that it can be enjoyed with everyday foods that we have and that it is normal. And I want us to get us get closer to having a normal relationship with our real beers. Uh, and and it, not to think of it in the same way that those yuppie bastards usurped wine. Wine has very, very humble origins. Beer, while having humble origins, uh, unfortunately, in one respect, has kind of been usurped by uh, by Budweiser assholes, or Budweiser swilling assholes, as I, I like to call them. Uh, people who enjoy fizzy piss and don't appreciate beer for what the hell it is. So, jumping into it and leaving all that stuff aside... Let's start with lager, because lager is, the, is synonymous with beer, uh, especially in this country. And as I said in the, the opening episode, we get, tend to be famous for our association to Guinness. And if you talk about sort of lager drinking in Ireland, one of three names comes up. Uh, Mudweiser, uh, Heining Bollocks, and uh, the other one being Schmarlsberg, which is utter crap. So they're the three lagers that tend to come up in one way or another. And you know what? Lager doesn't ha- is not about that. Lager goes so much further. But lagers can be enjoyed with... Like, they're great with hamburgers. And they're great with that kind of uh, grilled meats type thing. You know, they, they just tend to sit well with it. I'm not talking about grilled meats that have, like, tons of great barbecue sauce on it. Uh, like, the barbecue type things. I'm talking about just your simple things. Like, your go- like, a good steak dinner. Lager goes particularly well with it. Lager also goes particularly well with curries. Um, I think the sort of the traditional pairing that I've seen in this country for lar- for lagers and curries is tend to be uh, when you go to Indian restaurants and you have an Indian meal, and usually they they bring out uh, it's usually a cobra beer or something along those lines. Or you go to a Chinese restaurant and they they rock out a Qingdao or something like that in front of you. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be that, like, really good lagers can actually just go with these things. And even when you're home, like, your favourite lager from one of your craft beer brewers will go great with this. Uh, favourite lager of mine that I'm rocking around with right now is I kind of like the fake lager from uh, Brewdog. Very, very good beer. I kind of like it. Uh, I And I know some people are going to kind of, like, may get a little bit pissed at me for this. But you know what? I did actually enjoy the McGargle's Pilsner Lager. Yes, I know it's brewed in the UK, Was uh, that was brought to my attention. Yes, I know there's a suspicion that it's a Trojan horse type beer, but you know what, I do enjoy it and it was quite nice, it went down quite well. There are many, many other lagers that I hope to go and try. I actually got to try the brew uh, lager today. Uh, the guys in Malt House uh, slash Wine House in Trim County Mead, I went down there today and they were so cool. They let me try some of the brew beers. Uh, I got to try the stout, which I have to say was off draft as well. Utterly incredible, an amazing beer. It was like it reminded me of like original proper Guinness, not fizzy bollocks that we put out there and say it's Guinness, you know, with the white head that tends to move and have a life of its own. But real proper old style stout Guinness and the small little bottles that used to happen in the these little fat bottles like that just gasped perfectly. Big chocolatey flavors it was amazing. And then I also got to try um, their ale, the lager that they have, which, you know, uh, I don't know what way to actually put this. It's either a complete disservice to call it a lager because it's a beautiful golden kind of ale and it's, oh, it's a beautiful taste, beautiful colour, beautiful texture, nice mouthfeel, great, fantastic head on the thing when it's pulled out of the pumps. Or it is showing what can be really done with a really good uh, like lager type beer when you uh, move past sort of traditional German Pilsner type lagers. Brilliant. 
Now, the other kind of beer that people get out there, like, and I'm a big fan of these, this particular style of beer, and that's like pale ales. Um, it's no secret at this stage that I am a huge fan of, uh, like, Brewdog's pale ales. I am really a big fan of the Punk IPA. Love Hardcore IPA. Dead Pony Club, I do really, really like that as well. And this week I've actually tried, there was one pale ale that I came across this week from Mountain Man Brewery in Ireland, which was their Green Bullet, and it was fantastic. And you know what? For me, for pale ales, Punk IPA so far has been the best that I've had. Mountain Man, you know, right on par with that. And you know, on it would be a tough call either way for me to, for either one or the other. Uh, you know what, when I clear out my current uh, collection of Brewdog beers and my huge collection of Punk that I'm still sitting on and my Dead Pony Clubs and Hardcore IPAs, I'm definitely going to be putting this into a very equal mix with when I'm getting my Pale Ales now. Uh, brilliant beer. You know, but Pale Ales go fantastic. Again, things like hamburgers, they go brilliantly with them. Again, sort of the, the flavours that are in there, just they marry very well with it. They go great with green salads. And I know some people are just like right now going, what? Did you just say beers can go with salads? Yes, most definitely they go great with salads. A great example is getting like a, uh, a, say a, one of those like potato, pesto and green bean type salads going. And you put a, a pale ale with that. It goes amazing. It's a really good combination. Goes great with pork. Pale ale and pork, you know, go hand in hand. Uh, if you've never tried sort of uh, cooking a pork joint in some pale ale, you know what? Dude, you're missing out. You are totally missing out. It's a great way to cook it. And it's it, it just works. It works very, very well. Uh, now we're going to get into Pilsners. And again, I'm just going to talk about beers that I've had that I like and the things that I know they, they work particularly well with. Pilsner, I'm a big fan of German beers. Uh, I'm not just the Pilsner and German beers. I'm also a big fan of things like uh, Berliner Weiss beers. And that's Berliner Weiss with a shot or without a shot. Uh, I am not one of those snobby bastards who's like, you know, uh, you ruined Berliner Weiss and the profile of a sour beer by adding a shot into it. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Sometimes I want it with a shot, there's times I want it without a shot. I'm happy either way, and both make me equally happy. And I can have them in very, very different ways. But Pilsners, when you're getting in there, you know, Pilsners are light-bodied, sort of mildish, malty beers, and they tend to have flowery aromas. Not always, though. Um, some are just very, they, they, they tend to stand very well on their own. But again, they go great with things like fish. Go amazing with pizza. I mean, I don't think there's, do you know what? Parallel with pizza actually works in some cases. Especially if you tend to get a pizza that's like, uh, kind of very meaty-ish in its, in its, in its manner. It goes very well with, uh, as well. Or you can put it with, um, I've heard people having parallel or Pilsner beers with their soups, which is... A little bit weird, but I have yet to try this. But I've definitely had Pilsners with pizza, and I quite love it. Uh, I've had Pilsners with fish and chips. Tend to go very, very well. Um, and again, I think it's just the fact that fish and chips, sometimes when you get a very, very heavy batter, you know, that works particularly well. And again, using Pilsner in your beer batter, if you're making it yourself, another fantastic way to use beer in your food and use it particularly well. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is Box. Um, and the reason I want to talk about Box is Box is actually a beer that I am hugely uh, a big fan, like a, a massive fan of these beers. And the reason being is that caramel taste that's in there 
is and and the sort of the the colours that they tend to be and the fact that they are quite strong and quite in your face and and it can be quite aggressive in in some respects, especially when you get something that's on the really heavy side. You know, they go amazing with things like venison. Get yourself a venison burger. You know, again, everyday foods, venison burgers. You find them in goddamn Superquin for Christ's sake. You can find venison burgers in your Tesco. I mean, if you're that way inclined to go and bite your meat in Tesco, whatever. Uh, again. Just, they go particularly well with it. They go great with really creamy desserts, you know. Uh, actually, box and having, like, a big bowl of, like, a chocolate ice cream or something, again, goes really, really well. You can never knock that out. And, again, chicken, really, really well with it. And which is actually quite surprising, because chicken is one of those things that, traditionally, when you see chicken cooked with alcoholic beverages, it's either some dumbass has shoved a can of beer up its ass and doing beer can chicken, or someone's doing chicken with white wine. And white wine tends to be terribly fruity. So you wouldn't assume something with a very, very sort of caramelly profile would go well with chicken. It does. It goes very well with it. Just like brown ales go well with chicken. Like, and amazing. And uh, I think like one of the beers I got to try before Christmas, and uh, it was in Farrington. So I've got to say big thanks to Barry and myself and Frank Chizenko. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, F Chizenko. Uh, he, we went into Farrington's before our Christmas due, decided to knock back a couple of craft beers, because they were having like a, a dogs on tap deal going on, where a flying dog, brew dog, and uh, a whole heap of other sort of dog beers were up in there, and uh, we got to try Mashtag, and for those who don't know, Mashtag is this beer that basically brew dog put together by each for a week they put out a question on twitter about the the style the hops they were going to use the malts they were going to use uh, and a whole heap of other things so basically it was like this they call it a democratic brew and it turned out to be this some sort of north american brown ale uh, but again I had a taste of it and it was just a really really stunning um a stunning beer to have and myself and sort of Frank but since then have been chasing trying to put our hands on a bottle of mash tag and this week we actually managed to put our hands on a couple of bottles of it uh he got a beer and said oh you know i'm gonna hold off until my next kid is born next month uh and then i'll crack it open then and i knew that wasn't gonna happen so he gets home and he's later on i see he's cracked it open on untapped and i was just like i knew you weren't gonna hold on to that um and i got a couple of bottles for myself again those sort of brown ales go great with chicken. They go they go amazing with pork. And again, just because pork has that has that kind of profile to it, in terms of like it's it nutty type tastes go very very well with pork. And anyone who's done sort of recipes that either have pork with pine nuts in the in the stuffing that you wrap it in, especially if you take like a, a pork flank or something, and or pork loin, and you put pine nuts and some citrusy stuff in there. Uh, it tends to go brown ale just marries very very well to that and it's and it's utterly incredible uh, and so the, the last thing I want to talk about really is and it, it should be no surprises I want to talk about stout now I know there's a whole heap of other beers I could have talked about but you know what I don't want to get into those I want to talk about stuff that I particularly drink um, because it's, I'm kind of talking from my own experience as well I can't talk about the experience of of trying porters, I can't talk about my experience of saisons. My, I'm going to get to have my first saison the next couple of weeks. I got one of the brew dog ones, Electric India, which is sitting there waiting to be done. Uh, I can't talk about my experience with barley wines. Yes, I mean uh, I got a flying dog one today out of uh, Winehouse and Trim, which is the flying dog one, 
So I'm looking forward to trying that and seeing what that actually works with with food. Um, so stout, stout. You put your nose into the glass and you get right up close, big wafts. And the one thing you should nearly get a lot of the time is sort of a good bang of chocolate coming in off it, and that can be due to the chocolate malt that's actually being used uh, in the in the making of the stout. And you know, it goes traditionally stout. When you're talking about chocolatey stuff, yes, of course, chocolate on top of chocolate is always great. So it goes great with chocolates. It goes great with rich desserts. Also goes great with very very rich meats. So when you're talking about rich meats, you can be talking about very very gamey meats. Again, you can be talking like venisons. You could be talking about things like ostrich, kangaroo. Again, not I know they're not particularly very day to day stuff, but Stouts, you think about it, you have like Irish uh, pies that are done with pastry on the top and it could be a steak and kidney pie or a steak and mushroom pie. And again, putting your stout in there to make it, putting stout into your stew to make it, just making things very, very rich and very unctuous. And again, just marry so very, very well together. Stout, which you may not associate with, it goes great with shellfish. I mean, there are people out there who don't particularly like shellfish, but there's nothing better than getting a big plate of mussels and having a nice pint of stout right in front of you and just digging into the mussels or periwinkles and having them with your stout. You know, it goes very, very well together. And then you've got things like oyster stouts, uh, which is actually oysters are used in, the, in part of the cooking process. Again... Oysters and stout go very, very well together just for that reason. You know, things that marry particularly well together. And this is the thing I'm really trying to get down to. You know what? Beer can be something you have with a meal. It can be something that you have before a meal, like as an aperitif. Uh, And When I'm in Germany, I love having uh, my Berliner Weisse, usually from Berliner Kindle, is the brewery that I get mine from, and that's actually owned by a much larger German brewery called Raderburger, who also do Bitburger. Uh, but that I like having that without a shot before a meal because it makes a great appetizer. The the sort of the sour flavors and the very clean, the, it very palate cleansing. So it's a great way to go and start a meal, get your palate into neutral, and feel good about what you're going to have going forward. Um, and and that's a really really good thing. I mean. It doesn't have to be snobby. It doesn't. Beer can be had with anything you particularly want. I mean, look here. That's the bottom line to this. Okay, what I'm suggesting here is based on my own experience. Beer is such a deeply personal and subjective thing. One person might like one particular uh, brand and thing and and style of beer, and then the very next person might go, "Well, hey, look, I appreciate what they're doing, but you know what? That beer just isn't for me." And beer in food doesn't just extend to cooking it in your food or to having it with your food. I mean, there's other things you can actually do with your beer. Like I suggested earlier, you can do things like making beer batters. Beer batters have been going on since... uh, I I don't know. I really don't know. It's been going on for a long time, but it's a very, very natural thing to do. And it makes the the batters very, very fluffy. And they just tend to have a much nicer texture than... Uh, your the the normal type of batters which are very very heavy they also tend to be lighter and they tend to be crispier and and just have that extra bit of break in them which I, I think is nicer but you can do things like you can use beer to make a great barbecue sauce I think a lot of people at this stage have seen things like Mudweiser's barbecue sauce on the shelf and you know what I'm going to give you a very very simple sort of recipe here I'm not going to give you sort of outline amounts 
Again, these are sort of homemade barbecues or homemade recipes that I'd have myself. But I want to make like a really nice barbecue sauce, especially when I want something where I want the beer taste in there and I want it to be part of it. Um, or when, like, when I want to do like a Jack Daniels style or I want to do a bourbon or a whiskey style barbecue sauce. Again, I go in there and I play with things. I like to cook. I like to be in the kitchen creating things. It's fun for me. It's... It's something that I've grown up with as a kid. I mean, when I was growing up, my mum, she was making her own wine. She's uh, making her own beer, teaching me how to cook, teaching me how to make my own bread. So, like, all of this is really good to me. And bread, there's another thing you can make great, you can use to, uh, with beer to make. And it turns out brilliantly. There's tons of recipes out there. Go out and play with them. It's, if you're big into your home brewing yourself and you're anyway good at it, bread shouldn't be a problem to you a lot of the same kind of disciplines apply like being extremely clever with how you use your yeast understanding how to work with your yeast that the yeast profile changes based on things like humidity and so on you want to make sure you're getting it activated at the right time uh that at the right temperature so it's not too warm and you kill it or too cold and it remains sleepy and never uh does what it's supposed to do and working with the glutens as well in in the doughs but even things like doing a barbecue sauce, for example. A very, very simple barbecue sauce I like to do is always based on using things like uh, some tomato puree. I'll use some garlic powder, some celery powder. I'll use some dark brown demerara sugar. And I'll maybe use a small bit of crushed chili in there. But I will also pour in what a beard that I particularly want to use. If I want to use something which is going to be quite punchy, maybe I might use something like a hardcore IPA for cooking with. Maybe a little bit of punk going in there. And there's nothing wrong with, at the end, adding in like a tiny bit of vinegar as well. Again, just getting that sour mix, sweet and sour thing going together. And then using it as a baster for your meat. And then at the end, uh, you know what, you can actually, whatever's left, mix it with a bit more beer. Cook it down to try and get the amount of liquid and water down. So it becomes a thick, rich sauce. And then you can use it as a dipping sauce then afterwards. Again, work out the quantities yourself. Um, I'm not here to do sort of a cooking show type deal. I'm just trying to show examples of a great way to use some beers that you really, really like and incorporate them in day-to-day -day stuff for you. And you know, that's the fun thing with this. We look at beers and we go out and we try all these craft beers and you, some of them are like Marmite, you love, and hate, love her or hate them. Some of them you're like, wow, that's really interesting what they're doing there. A good example is recently I got to try the 8 Degrees Aztec Stout. Really, really enjoyable beer. Up front, you know, you get all those nice subtle things. You can get the little bit of cinnamon going on in there. And then at the very end, you get those chipotles. And chipotles are basically smoked uh, jalapenos at that point. Or maybe, and you know what, they, they, they take on a very, very different profile to your average ballpark jalapeno. So to, it's like you get you, these sort of, how do you put it? The sort of sour, sourness that's usually associated with taking a like a jalapeno or a jelly, as I like to call them, and then you sort of when you get a, a, a turn it into a chipotle by smoking it, either over a flame in an oven or you're doing it one of those flamed rollers, um, and then at the end you get it a huge, huge difference because when these things get smoked, it's kind of uh, there's a sweetness that gets taken on through the caramelization of the outside. And then you kind of get that those smoky notes coming in as well uh, through the outside sort of being burned as it is when you peel off the skin and you get the flesh on the inside and it's been cooked and it's it becomes a very, very different animal. And you know, you can really sort of get that in the very back notes of that. Very, very interesting type of deal going on. But 
go out there. If you want to try what beers, a beer you like is going to work like with a bit of food for yourself, okay? Uh, one thing that you can do is you can take a drink, a small drink of whatever beer it is, okay? So you get the taste in your mouth. Then add a small bit of the food. Chew it a little bit, keep it in your mouth, but then add a tiny bit of the beer in. And then you can understand how the flavor of what you're tasting will actually work with the flavor of the beer as the two of them are developing together in your mouth. And it's a very, very good way to actually look at trying to figure out how to pair beers. Because while I've sort of given some ideas which are great outlines for things that I've found go great together, you know, there may be other things you're discovering which will work fantastically well out there. I mean, for example, you could get... Uh, IPAs to go particularly well with really spicy food and they traditionally go particularly well with spicy food again citrus flavors and IPAs spicy food citrus going in there especially thinking about like Mexican food limes very very citrusy in there to counteract and balance against the heat IPAs would go fantastically well with that but I've also discovered things like uh, Hefeweizens go particularly well with spicy food as well. Again, not really a surprise when you consider that for some people a traditional um, serving of a wheat beer is like putting a slice of lemon into it and then handing it over. Um, or Hefeweizens putting a slice of lemon and putting them in there. Or Belgian Blondes, again, another one that goes particularly well with spicy, with spicy foods, especially Mexican type foods when you're thinking about citrus and, and heat and the two of them playing off each other. But again best way to discover like what beers go particularly well especially if you're sort of someone who's dipping your toe into this and trying to find out you're trying to introduce people you know into drinking craft beer and trying craft beer and associating like what foods would go particularly well this is a great way to approach it in fact you know what a great way to approach it is you're at a party and you, you put together a whole lot of small little type of things whether it's little cocktail sausages or little uh cooked pr prunes wrapped in bacon or any of these kind of small little things you've got a whole mishmash of these small little amuse bouches or little mouthfuls of food having a ton of beers out there and trying beers and food together with your friends again very very sociable beer should be sociable it's not anti-social do not let these assholes in the media tell you otherwise beer is not the root of anti-social behavior anti-social behavior the root of it is asshole people uh, and I'm I'm adamant about that. I think that we need to be more proactive about breaking the link between the two of them and not being shouted down by sort of big money, corporate, grey producers of bland, tasteless, fizzy piss that like calling it beer is just a fucking insult. You know, it, it's important that when people think beer... They don't think along these lines. I mean, it's 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 become almost like an uphill battle in some respects. And when you say to people that, oh well, I like tasting lots of beers, or 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 I like to I like to work my way through a lot of beers. I mean, the instant association is, well, you may as well be going out stealing cars and vandalizing things. And you know that's just wrong. It really, really is. And I know it sounds like I'm pontificating a little bit. And you know, maybe, maybe I am. But I'd love to hear what you guys think about like your favourite combinations of particular beers with particular foods. And you know what? I want to know what your favourite combinations are for Irish produced craft beers with particular like everyday foods. What combinations work great for you? Hit me up on Twitter at 11pm somewhere or just drop me an email me at ianbergen.com. I'd love to share a couple of these out there. Um, I'd also want to say that Anyone who has a suggestion for things that I can do on the show or maybe 
some breweries or people involved in the craft beer community who you would like to hear uh, more from. As a, like everyone reads stuff that's on the internet. The internet generally tends to be an awful lot of reading. But if do you want to hear? If I'd like to be able to go and interview people, or I'm able to go and interview people, and maybe get them on the show to talk about what they're doing in the community, let me know too, and I'll see if I can make it happen. I mean, the whole point of this is sort of twofold. Number one, I really want to shine a spotlight on what we're doing here in Ireland, and two, I want to learn more about what we're doing here in Ireland. And the only way I can do that is number one, obviously, sampling the products. Well, hey, the best part of this. And number two, going out there and meeting these people and then being able to share what they're doing with everyone else and do it in a way that's easy for people to consume doesn't mean they have to read and they can just stick a set of cans on or earphones in their ears or in their car while they're driving along and then they can hear these great stories and, and from these people who are involved. And that's important. And you know what? That sound tells me it is last orders on the podcast. Once again, thanks for giving me some of your valuable in-ear time. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you'll join me next week.